Welcome to Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm Lindsay, a brand strategist, copywriter, and pivot mentor with nearly two decades of experience. I've seen it all in both the corporate world and in entrepreneurship, and I'm here to spark conversation about the things that matter most. Reprogramming is a podcast to help you shift perspective, consider new viewpoints, and challenge your old belief systems around business, entrepreneurship, health, wellness, parenting, empowerment, and more. If you are ready to reprogram your life for more success, fulfillment, and joy, or if you're ready to blow up the status quo, you are in the right place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reprogramming. I'm your host, Lindsay Hyatt, and I'm so happy you're here. On today's episode, we're going to talk about building your network, getting out there, meeting people, and learning to be more comfortable in your own skin while doing so. I'm someone who's always felt good at networking. I put, I think that I put people at ease and I make connections pretty quickly. And because I live in like a smallish town where everyone knows everyone, um, and also because of my wide variety of professional experiences, I've had the opportunity to meet many people from all industries and walks of life who now make up my network. Then cue the pandemic and my network expanded internationally, which is something I never thought likely beforehand and has been such a gift. But also with the pandemic, I experienced a new sense of isolation and social anxiety. Suddenly, putting myself out there at networking events in post-pandemic life has felt awkward and strained. This is something I'm actively working on now as I push myself to get back out there IRL and connect with new and exciting people. Our guest today has inspired me since the moment we met more than two years ago with her approach to networking and showing up as your brightest self. Charlotte Davies, aka Charlotte the Copywriter, is an award-winning entrepreneur, copywriter, and TEDx speaker. She is passionate about helping business owners and copywriters to develop their own networking style so they find great great fit clients they love to work with. She is a cancer survivor beating non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2014. Charlotte, I am thrilled to have you on the show today. And because I'm just very transparent, we just spent about 15 minutes just catching up because... (laughs) I have known Charlotte for more than two years now. I can't believe it. And I'm just so grateful to have her in my network. So welcome. Thanks, Lindsay. It's so good to be here. Okay. So I know that people are going to have a lot of questions. I've had people talk to me about this before. So I tried to send some ideas your way about networking and some of the hangups that people have. But before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you became a conversion copywriter and public speaker? Yeah, so I'm from Wolverhampton, which is in the West Midlands in the UK. And I have worked in marketing for about 15 years. I started off in PR, then I moved into um, business development and events management. And then I switched to profession copywriting during the pandemic. Because given my medical history, I couldn't go out and I thought do I want to go to crowded theatres which was my old job um so I was finding a way to use my skills in a way I've always enjoyed writing and that led me into copywriting and public speaking is something that I have done since I was at school really so it's just evolved doing presentations through work doing tour guides around a theatre and then more recently the text. 
Wow. Well, it sounds like it was always kind of a part of you, but I know most people I know are not comfortable public speaking and it it feels like a really heavy thing like to take on and get better at. So we're going to ask you more about that, but you did a TED talk. So I know a lot of people are curious about everything. Like what was the prep like? What was it like the day of the talk? What was it like on stage? Tell us all of the details. Oh my god, it is such a beast. <laughs> if anybody's <laughs> thinking about doing a TEDx talk, you can't just rock up and do it. There's well, at least for me, I wanted to make sure it's absolutely perfect because I had 12 minutes and 12 minutes just flies so every minute, every word, every sentence counts. Um and the topic of my talk was, if your life were a book, is it a story that you want to read? And it's about my life before cancer, going through cancer treatment, and then life after cancer. So it was actually a really therapeutic process because it made me look at the whole cancer journey in a way that I hadn't. But the ages and things that I had that used to make me really upset and memories that were really challenging by writing about it and putting it into a story framework, it enabled me to kind of process it. It was uh, really useful in that respect. And also shifting the lens of this happened to me, but what can I get out of it and what lessons did I learn that could help other people. Yeah. So it sounds like even though it was 12 minutes, the prep and the inner work that you did around it was pretty, pretty profound. Yeah, it was intense, but in the best possible way. So when you were on stage and you had the headset, did you feel like, (laughs) do you feel like Steve Jobs? Like, how did you feel up there? What was it like? Oh, but my talk wasn't until the afternoons and it was straight after lunch. Uh-huh. We had to arrive at the venue, the theatre, at 8am. So I had about six hours waiting around. Uh-huh. And I, oh goodness me, I was so nervous because I didn't want to cry on stage. Yeah. Um, I, d- I wanted to do the talk justice. Um, so... I was practicing all morning. I got out on this little balcony that looked over the car park and I was practicing as if I was uh, Eva Peron in the Vita <laughs> talking to the pigeons. Um, and then I was fortunate that I was straight after lunch because I could go into the auditorium and practice and just mess around on stage so that because I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves that, oh my goodness, I'm on stage. But actually, it's just ground. Yeah. I think you build it up so much that it's just ground. So going in five minutes beforehand, just pressing it through again. But then actually getting back on and speaking to the audience. Um, it was actually really good because I couldn't see anyone. The spotlight was so bright. And I think that took the pressure off because... I could just practice it. I could just talk through it and speak it as if I was doing it to myself. Mm. But then halfway through, the spotlight changed. And 
I could see the whole audience, especially some one of my friends, and she was crying. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, oh no. no. That's the word. Oh, no. You're like, yeah. I need more spotlight. I need more spotlight. I know, I know. Come on, blind me again. So um, <laughs> it did shift and I couldn't see it. But it was it was so nice because the audience was on my side. Um, there was one bit where I say that I survived, which was quite obvious because I was speaking. But um, everybody cheered, and I wasn't expecting that at all. But it was so nice um, to hear that. I thought, okay, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get emotional. Carry oh on. God. I am getting emotional. God, that's like a the moment from a movie, and it's like mm-hmm. such a just to say it out loud for yourself, even on, on literally on a stage like that, that's momentous. Yeah, it was so nice. And it was, and I think generally if you're speaking, people are on your side because nobody goes to anything thinking, I hope they do something wrong. It's <laughs> horrible. But so if you're doing a presentation to an audience, then they want to learn something or they want to be entertained or they want to take something away from it. So um, it was it was a really good experience. And then afterwards, um, we had a Q&A with the audience, all of the speakers. And then a few people asked me questions. And then there was one lady um, in the audience say, who said that she had a very similar experience because I was misdiagnosed and how does that make you feel? Um, and just by putting your story out there, it creates those moments of connection. Mm. Yeah. So after the after the TED Talk, did you have anyone, did it like change any of your other opportunities, either as a speaker or people, other people want to connect with you? Like, like you mentioned, the woman in the audience. Um yeah, so I did my talk on 1st of October last year and it went on YouTube in February. So I put it out on Facebook or on my social media channels. Um, and I was really surprised by the people who reached out to me because it was people who I hadn't seen for years. A guy I went to high school, he said he watched it twice in a row or three times in a row and he wasn't going through anything health-related. Um, but he was going through some really difficult things uh, relationship-wise and he said as a result of the talk he was going to look into counselling so that I thought if I my name of the talk really was writing it for people who were going through similar situations that I went through and what would have been useful for me so hearing that as a result was everything really um, but not just that, I sent the link to the talk to some cancer charities who helped me um, during the time. And then a while later, um, the Cancer UK came back to me and said that they'd read my story and watched the talk. And would I be happy for it to be quoted in a funding application for a professor who's doing research into non-toxic forms of um, treatment? So again, that is, I never expected anything like that to happen. But for me, that's, it's 
worth so much more than any money or anything like that. Yeah, that level of impact, that's the best. I mean, you never know what your story can do for other people or how it can impact them. And this is a great reminder. Oh, it's so true. And it's other things like um, I've had people message me because they've been sent it by counsellors or people who've just needed to hear it at that time in their life. Um, But for me as well, professionally, it means that I've got proof that I can talk on stage. So there's that as well. So um, for example, the social media manager for TEDx was volunteer role, but we've become friends and she needed a speaker on a, on a panel at the last minute. So she asked me to do that, um, which I don't mind doing things at the last minute and being a bit flexible. So as a result of that, I've had um, inquiries, um, new business inquiries, and I spoke at TCC IRL um, last week. And I think to show that I can speak in public and I don't get phased by things, um, it's really good proof. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I want to shift to networking. And you founded the Networking Studio, which is a brilliant, safe space to help entrepreneurs become more comfortable talking about their own businesses and learn how to make better connections, which I was one of the lovely recipients of your help early on in my own business. So thank you for that. But what inspired you to do that? And what were some of the results that people had from, from doing this with you? So it came from a, a mix of my past experiences. So I've always learned languages. I started learning French at school when I was nine. And then I went on to do a French degree and I studied at business school in Montreal. Mm. And one of the classes I took was interpersonal marketing. I was all in French and my French is terrible. But one of the th- one of the things that I really um I'd forgotten about for years, but it came back to me, was how we used to practice role-playing um sales techniques. One of us was the buyer, one of us was the seller, and it was filmed and you had to watch it back and assess your own style of either buying or selling. And So that was one thing that I took away that you can practice and learning Spanish later on. And I would train English as a foreign language teacher as well. You get these opportunities to practice speaking a different language and nobody expects you to go to France or Spain and order a hamburger perfectly or ask for anything perfectly you're given the opportunity to practice over and over again and make the mistakes in a really safe, controlled environment. But you don't really get that in a business situation. You're expected to go to an event and be able to sell yourself or sell your products or service and go in without anybody giving you much guidance. I thought, why should it be any different? Because it's communication. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why, Why aren't there those opportunities to practice? So that's where the networking studio originated because I saw all these brilliant people 
but quite often they were introverted or they were really nervous about talking to people about what they did. And that's such a barrier because if they can get through that, that they they can really achieve huge things for their clients. And it's such a shame as well that they're holding themselves back from the world. So mm. that's where it came from. Yeah. And I think we get in our heads so much about what do I say and how do I say it? And like, it doesn't have to be that difficult. And so having the opportunity to just practice, like (laughs) it it almost feels like when you think about like, oh, this is silly that I have to like practice introducing myself and what I do, but that's what gets people so worked up. And like you said, really talented, gifted people that just need that support to be able to put it into words. And the community you formed around it too, when we were all doing this, like everybody would show up for each other. It was just so nice and just a beautiful thing. So, um, so we all have an idea of what it means to network, but you have an innovative approach to connecting with new people. So I would love to, uh, if you could share your perspective and strategies that you use to network in a, in a way that's fun and authentic. I think people put so much negative emphasis on the word networking. And for me, it's just talking to people and it's relationship building and it's community building and it's just going up to somebody and saying, hello, (laughs) this is what I do. And it sounds so simplistic, but if you think about computers being networked, it's just that interconnectedness. So it's all about who do I know that could be helpful for somebody else or do I know somebody who needs your services? And then I'll just go from there, really. So it is not thinking about one interaction. It's seeing it as that long-term, um, long-term relationship and also seeing it as part of the customer journey as well. So it's not just, I'm meeting you today, you're going to be ready to buy, because <laughs> I don't know if you are or not. I need to ask you a few more questions. I don't know whether I like you or not. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, I really do. <laughs> but you don't know that by meeting somebody for the first time. You don't know when they need what you're selling or when they know that they need what you're selling. Um it's not all about selling either. It's about other opportunities. They might just be a really fun, interesting person and they might have been through something similar to you. They might have gone to your school. They might know similar people to you. It's, yeah, I just like meeting people basically. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because the word networking and the pressure we put on ourselves takes us away from just having a conversation with someone when I take that pressure off myself, I get so lit up. Like I get so excited and I I just get this energy. Like almost every time, almost every time we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I go to an event or something or or a small group where I'm meeting new people. I feel alive. And especially after all of this isolation that we've all been through, um, it just like makes me feel excited and inspired and give me new ideas. And to, to think of it in two different ways, either as a seed planted that could do, could grow anywhere. You could have a new friend, you could have a new colleague, you could have somebody you work with, or I love the idea of taking the pressure off of yourself and even the spotlight off of yourself, like showing up, like I have to present myself as X, Y, Z, but really what if you're a connector for somebody else, like two other people? I love thinking about it like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, 
because I think we all tend to go to these things like, okay, now I have to look really cool and really smart <laughs> and thoughtful. And it's like, it, it doesn't even have to be like that. It could really be about acting as a connector for other people, which is also maybe even more fulfilling. Oh yeah. I love that whole approach. And it's taken me a long time to get to this because when I first started, I thought that if I didn't leave with a customer or a long list of leads, then I'd feel like a failure. But mm-hmm. yeah, you do it enough, you meet enough people and it's not that at all. It's I love the whole connecting, planting seeds, doing a bit of both and uh, having fun in the process. Yeah. I feel like whenever I see you um, sharing online, you're at a new event or an award ceremony. Like, I'm like, how do you find and decide what events and groups you want to be a part of? So I know what I don't like these days. And the the ones that I don't like are the really structured ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find myself distracted. I find that once in a while, I don't mind those because it's a novelty, but the same thing over and over again, it just doesn't work for me. I get the consistency, I get it works for a lot of different people, but for me personally, it doesn't. Whereas um, I like to look at, is there an interesting venue? Mm. Do they have an interesting speaker? I'm willing to travel a little bit out of my way. Um, And if it doesn't exist, what can I do that I could create myself? Because it doesn't need to be expensive. Some events are, but more recently I've seen propping up, I've been to some myself, networking events. So you just go for a walk with people who are in the business community. And it could start off really small. It could be, you call it one one person that you know, and say this date we're gonna go to on this path why don't you bring someone i bring someone bring a flask of coffee or a picnic or something like that and then halfway around we'll sit down and have a chat i love that i actually really really love that i want to make that do i do actually do that like have you have you done anything like that before yeah i've been on a networking event yeah it was um with one of my clients a few weeks ago and they're a really nice business they've got this uh bw camper van that they donate to people who are really well deserving um but they got all their supporters together or a number of them and walked along the canal in the countryside it was a really sunny day and then at the end i think some of them went to the pub <laughs> i just, i can't i could make it but it was a really nice relaxed way getting to know somebody because you're in the countryside, we're next to water, and it just really led to some really nice, relaxed conversations. Mm, yes, it's so different. I never would have thought of that, but there's something about walking and talking with people, not only obvious benefits of being outside and getting exercise, mm-hmm. but you don't have that like intense staring at each other over coffee. Like That can just be so awkward sometimes, depending on like who you're with. So what a great idea. Thank you. I'm putting that mm-hmm. in my pocket. Oh, good. And I used to organize um, networking events at the theater that I worked at as well. So um, some of the events were 
show related. So the attendees would get tickets to the show. And then there'd be maybe an hour of networking beforehand with a buffet. And then during the interval, there'd be coffee and cake. Um, but what was really good about that is it would um, attract people who were interested in theatre or seeing live entertainment or shows or were intrigued by whatever was on stage. And it offered them this third thing to talk about. It wasn't just you and me talking. It was like, what do you think of the show? Have you been to see anything like that before? And then it, I think if you've got that extra thing, which is not business related, but you've got similar interests, then that can lead on to further conversations because you've got something in common. You're going to have more conversations in the future. And then sometimes this is naturally observed. Great you know more about them as well so that means that you can connect them to the people and it goes deeper than that like hello this is my icebreaker <laughs> i also yeah. have a dog like <laughs> you know <laughs> that's oh what... but you could always do pet that's pet true working. that's true you <laughs> yeah. could actually the pet the pet thing could actually work too because you know people love to talk about their pets so that's that's another connector for sure okay so i have to go there and, and it's weird for me because I don't want to go like, I'm torn about like going too deep into it because small town, whatever. Um, but I have been, I really love to meet new people and I like different kinds of events. Um, and I started to really make a, uh, I made a promise to myself this year that like, okay, I'm really going to push myself to get back out into my community and like do in real life things, meet people in person and I'm proud I've actually done that. But some of the events have just really like not, they just haven't like clicked for me. And I'm sure, and I know I'm just like an awkward, like it's just me probably. But at least where I live, there are networking groups for women that are run by all the same people. And they're even almost all held at the same location. And it's just this regurgitation of people over and over again. So I have been to there's there's a couple that I'm thinking of specifically where it was very structured and and that wasn't even the issue I had but it was almost more like I was being sold to the whole time I was there and it felt very like almost like cult like I know it's so bad and if people in in Buffalo are listening they probably are gonna know what I'm talking about (laughs) but like it was just such a turnoff to me that I'm like I ran the other way and I went back to my house and shut the door and I'm like I don't want to do this um so I would love if you could talk about like any tips for just like getting around this awkwardness or or even like looking to outside the box for new types of networking opportunities. You already gave like this great one about like the walking and and doing different things, but like, has this ever happened to you or am I just a complete jerk? And (laughs) no, I think there are some events that don't feel comfortable for me and some, some people I don't gel with. And I think you don't have to go to those ones Um, because some people have events and it's more like a little club for them. Yeah. Um, so you could keep trying and you could go along and think, okay, so 
if they're meeting the same people over and over again, then it's not going to be good for their business because it's not bringing in new customers. Actually, I'm doing them a favor by going along because I'm fresh. They've got a fresh um, <laughs> network, fresh knowledge. You can even just go in and ask questions and find out more about their business because they might not realize that they are as cliquey as mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Um you've got some amazing skills that can help people in their businesses. So you could even suggest or ask if there's any opportunities to speak and present to that group as well. Um, And then if you've tried and it still doesn't feel good, then I would look for other opportunities and see if there are, because if you're feeling that way, no doubt other people are going to feel that way too. So is there a coffee shop that is... They have a quiet time where you could go up along and say, okay, from if we come in at 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock on a Thursday, can that be kind of a co-working session? And if that's quiet for them, they might really enjoy that extra people in yeah. the group as well. So yeah. I think it's how can you get people who aren't like that to <laughs> another venue? And just that small, it doesn't have to be big. And I think people think, oh, it needs to be success straight away. But when I've organized things like the networking studio, um, other things I've done online, the first time it's been one or two people. If you're consistent and you keep posting about it and you invite people and ask people directly, would you like to come to this? Then it can grow. Thank you for that very measured answer. And it's not <laughs> unlike me and my dramatic, like, oh my God, this is a cult. Um, but I, I do want to end cap that by saying that I have actually been to some really good networking events this year too. And in fact, one I just went to yesterday. Um, and I, I tend, it's you learn a lot about yourself going to these things because you find out, like you said, like what you like and what resonates with you. And for me, it's like smaller groups of, of different kinds of people from like different like walks of life and stuff. So, um, so I do feel hopeful about the future of networking for me in real life, but I had to ask you because, um, I know that especially if you're new to like this idea of just getting out there again, um, or you're unpracticed or it's been a while that it can feel like you feel like you're an outsider when you go to some of these events that are just, you know, built for these people that like this kind of style of networking and, and, and it's okay to not vibe with that. So, <laughs> so thank you. Absolutely okay not to like mm-hmm. like it. If it's not good for you, then try it. Then find something else. It might be that there aren't many opportunities in person, but online there are plenty. You, you, the world is open to you. Mm, yes, yes, I love that. Okay, so were there any personal? habits, belief systems, outside factors that you had to confront or reprogram on your journey? Oh my goodness, so many. (laughs) I could be here for a year. I think um, the huge one, especially going through the cancer diagnosis and survival, it's the big realization that we're not here forever. Um, Mortality is my reprogramming, basically. Mm -hmm. But I think some ways it's scary but also really freeing at the same time because it's that scarcity factor 
you don't have all the time in the world. So if there's things that you want to do, you've got to do, you've got to do them or find a way or take that small step to putting something in action. It might not turn out the way you expect it. More often than not, it doesn't. But opportunities open themselves when you put yourself up there. Mm. Well, I was going to ask you if you could leave us with one thing, what would it be? But I think I feel like that's it. Yeah, just take yeah. action. See, just do do things. Um, like we were talking before the call, how easy it is to go from program to program. Mm. But I think you can use that as a crutch because it's really safe to learn. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself out there and taking action that is an element of risk and you have to be vulnerable. But fortune favors the brave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and then your confidence builds and, and it doesn't seem so scary. So true. Absolutely. Okay. So what are you working on now? How can people connect with you? Let us know because we want to connect with you and all of your expertise. So I'm doing a lot of uh, web copy at the moment for service providers. Um, but in 2024, I really want to do something where I bring back the networking studio in some some form. And it might be online events and make it into a practice um, opportunity for people. But in the meantime, I like to practice what I preach. So please come and connect with me. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn, Charlotte the Copywriter, or Charlotte Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S. Wonderful. I know you will have people reaching out to you, and I will be so psyched if the networking studio is back in action. You can count me in. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy we got to chat. Me too. Thanks, Lindsay. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Reprogramming. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love if you shared this episode with your network and tagged me at ReprogrammingPod or at the Lindsay Hyatt on Instagram. If any episode has impacted you, it would mean the world if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening platform. For more information on how to work together or to learn more about my signature program, Superfecta, visit lindsayhyatt.com or lindsayhyatt.co. See you next time.